Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. Welcome back for another season, guys. We're so 2021. Yeah, so excited to be back with you guys today. <laughs> There's a kid banging on the window. Kids just because big smile. It's 2021. Because it and is so 2021. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, look, some days they go to school, some days they don't. <laughs> some weeks they go to school, you some weeks they don't. You never ever know. You what's just don't happen. know. Yep, 2020 and 2021. They just, you know, it just keeps just us on our toes. Definitely keeps you guessing mm-hmm. what's happening. Yep. Well, we hope that you guys had a great holiday and we had plans. We had plans to, to bring the <laughs> podcast back. In January, we thought, you know what? Why not? February's a good time February to get started. February it is. <laughs> February <laughs> yeah. it is. Every other week, school got canceled. So, yeah. yep, here we are. This is success. We're here today, the first week of February. We're doing it. The gravies are sitting behind the Thank microphone. you, Jesus. Oh, We're here. totally. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we hope that you had an amazing holiday with your family and got some time to reflect during those holiday seasons. And that the beginning of the year has been great for you and for your family. We are really excited for what's coming this year in 2021, especially. Let's take a second and talk about the podcast. Yeah, we've got some really, really wonderful episodes coming up this month and next and more interviews that we have on the book. So we're really, really excited for the season. We also have a really special announcement that is coming. Can with... we do it right now? No, we can't. We have to wait, wait a couple more. Let me do more. it. Come no, on. uh-uh. No. no. We're going to wait a couple more weeks, but right. we're really, really excited. Um, something really special we've been working on for a long time. That we can't wait to share with you guys. Yes, really, really excited to share that. So make sure that you stay tuned. Come join us on social media. Let's live it well. Yeah, you never know what you're going to miss, guys. You better better stay in the saddle. Chris has completely dropped off the planet on social media. So if you follow him, (laughs) you will not find anything new. That's right. (laughs) You'll you'll get to see what may be something that happened in 2020. I don't know. Yeah, when's the last time you posted? Probably years ago? I don't know. I mean, there was probably a couple at the beginning of last year. I think when you interviewed Mike Tyson Mike and Tyson. Dennis Rodman, that you was know. a post-worthy moment. Yeah, I think that was the last thing. Yeah, though. I think I posted the next interview with Mike Allstott and Derek Brooks, the Pro Bowl Football Hall of Famers. Yeah, I, well. I didn't even know who those people yeah, are. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> speaking, of- <laughs> speaking of you not knowing who I was interviewing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great segue into today's episode. <laughs> so today we have the amazing honor to talk amazing. to a 17-year Major League Baseball veteran, a four-time World Series champ. For the guys listening out there, uh, this gentleman has won one ring with the New York Mets and three rings with the New York Yankees. He's a right fielder. He was an amazing player. His story will blow your mind. So if you're a dude out there and you've guessed it, yes, I'm talking about none other than Mr. Daryl Strawberry. The greatest gift that I ever received. It's never been the trophies. It's never been in the World Series rings or, or all-star games. The greatest gift I ever received was Jesus becoming Lord over my life and living out an abundant life, walking with him. It's the greatest gift I've ever received in life. So guys, we're glad you're here. Welcome back to another season of Live It Well. Let's jump in with Mr. Daryl Strawberry. Well, Mr. Daryl Strawberry, welcome to the show, man. We're glad you're here. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. You know, it's funny as, uh, you know, Jenny gets a lot of the requests that come through. She's like, hey, there's this guy named Daryl Strawberry. I'm like, wait, what? 
you know, like, what? Yes. <laughs> Say yes. Let's go. Book it. Let's get this guy on the show. I cannot wait to talk to him. So yeah. we're so stoked to have you. Oh, man, that's awesome. I, I'm quite sure you, you do this a lot, Jenny, right? you like, we got this guy. Who is this guy? <laughs> well, it's usually I'm asking her, who's this female author that you have? And, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got this dude over here who's an athlete. I'm like, Mr. Strawberry, let's go. Let's yeah. do it. So anyway, well, you have a brand new project coming up. Uh, you've written a brand new book. And man, I cannot wait for us to dive into it here today. Uh, I love the title. It's called Turn Your Season Around. And your your life has been very public for many, many years. And so it's your stories were not done in private. Your journey's not been done in private. It's been very, very public. And I, I know this book has kind of kind of chronicle a lot of that. But uh, would you give us kind of a quick synopsis of the vision that you had for this book that you've written? First and foremost, it's great to be with you guys again. And and I think it's a it's a God book. It's it's God's timing because personally I didn't want to write another book. I've already written books before and and of course, like you talked about before, uh, my life has been in the public eyes and, and seen out by everybody through every every different way and every different opinion. And and I, I'm truly grateful for that because I wouldn't be sitting here today because God had a plan the whole time. Sometimes we don't know the plan, we don't understand the plan, and we don't understand why we have to go through certain things uh, to get to where we have to get to. Because at the end of the day, God's plan is bigger than man. You don't realize that when you're going through it and, and, and the struggle of it. And and coming to write another book, I just kept saying, um, people kept approaching me about writing another book because I had written Straw, which was a New York Times bestseller. So I just kind of said, that's it. I wrote, I made a New York Times bestseller, but I need another book for it. Right that was just my autobiography. I know <laughs> that was just my autobiography, you know, of my life, but it was never the transformation of my life. And, and my wife kept telling me, well, God's put the book in you, you need to write it. So I finally got to it, you know, this has been years, you know, finally got to it here in 2020. I would come in 2020, start, I was writing this book even before the pandemic started. So how did I know that God would give me a title about turn your season around, how God can transform your life, turn your season around would not be only for me, it would be for everyone in this nation that we would have to turn our season around from what we've experienced. And this is a, a incredible message from God, you know, to, to share his principles, about how one can transform their life. Because so many people are sitting in a place now where they're gonna have to turn their season around. They, like I said, we all do. You know, I, I was sitting for six months and as I was writing this book with my writer, we were going alone and, and I, he was like, can you believe it that we are in a pandemic and the, and the country's stopped? I says, well, yeah, I, I could believe it because God has me writing a book about turning your season around and we're gonna have to spring off of that and come, come into a, a new season, you know, 2021. And who knows what that's going to look like. But we know that this has been a very challenging year for us. So I think the book was just coming out in the right time that God had planned it for us with the title of it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So let's, let's do this. I mean, I know for, you know, any sports fan out there that's listening to this podcast, you say the name Daryl Strawberry, they know he's a four-time, you know, champ. This guy was just built to dominate on the baseball field. Uh, but I don't think maybe there's people who are listening who, who don't fully know your story personally, that you you had a lot of real uh, struggles that happened. I know you share this in the book, 
But uh, for those who are listening that maybe don't understand your story, talk about some of the trials that you walked through and how, in essence, God turned your season around. And I want to know, was there like kind of a moment where you had an encounter with God and everything started to shift and your and your life, you started to live your life for Christ? Yeah, well, that's a good question, you know, because everybody always, you know, say that, you know, share share about who you who you were and what you went through. And, and yeah, I was very broken from the beginning. My father was an alcoholic and, you know, he used to beat me when I was a kid and my brother, and he said, I'd never amount to nothing. And he came home from the last time and pulled out a shotgun. And it, it had not been for my mother getting us out of the house. Me and my brothers would have killed my father that night. So it, it should have been a tragedy in my life before I ever got to putting a uniform on. So I always tell people my pain led me to my greatness and my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior. Uh, because people don't know brokenness is real. And when you're broken on the inside, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. And uh, yeah, I was this very talented athlete. I was a, I was a baseball player when I put the uniform on. That just made me a baseball player. It didn't make me a man. It made me a baseball player. So I go on to be rich and famous and achieve all these great things and be privileged my whole life. My kids were privileged. Then I go on to be this phenomenal baseball player and achieve all these wonderful things from a from an athletic standpoint. But from a human standpoint, you know, the brokenness was real and, and it played out in my life. And, you know, I became a heathen. I became a womanizer. I became an alcoholic. I became a drug addict. I became a sinner and, you know, I became rich and famous, but I was saved by grace eventually, you know, and, and when I say that, I say that because I, I only, only sit here. It's so funny because I sit here because of two women and, you know, I say that all the time to everybody that, that interviews me. Had it not been for my mother praying for me, laying on my face, praying for me that God would knock me off my throne when I was at the height of my career. She wasn't concerned about my baseball career. She was more concerned about my salvation and me being saved. And when I found the journal under her bed after she passed away, all it was about, it was about all her kids. She was praying for us, interceding for us, that God would save all of us. And God would go on to save me and he would use me to, you know, lead my whole family to, to the Lord. So it's always a, always a setup that God has for a breakthrough. And, you know, I think, you know, for, for his set, setting you up for what he's going to break through in your life. And the other woman in my life is my wife today. And I look at her from, you know, where I was when I was struggling in addiction and stuff like that. Uh, over 17 years ago she's got 21 years in recovery i got over 17 but uh she was pulling me out of dope houses down in south florida when we was just boyfriend and girlfriend and she was pulling me out of those dope houses i was shooting dope smoking crack and wanted to die and she was pulling me out of them and saying well god's got a plan for you it's not about you i said why don't you just leave me here you and god and let me die she says uh, you just need to get over it. you're just not that lucky you know <laughs> <laughs> and and we kind of went on from there and, and and went through some trials and tribulations in our relationship and then i i finally went went away for about six months and got myself together stopped drugs stopped sex stopped everything and, and got into this consecration with god and, and and then god revealed to me started revealing itself to me and then he sent me back to tracy and we got married and we went on this journey together we started with nothing you know people think people look at where we at today and what we what we achieved in our ministry and everything but they don't realize that we started with nothing i was three million dollars in debt and didn't have a driver's license and she took me in and she she led me back to the lord and then god restored and multiplied us and increased us and gave us this platform that we have today so it's a beautiful thing when you have to go through it i don't recommend everybody go this route i recommend that you would just <laughs> just answer god now don't be like me and stubborn and and wait and I, I i just went through so many you know ups and downs but the ups and downs wasn't about me it was about the testimony of who god was really going to be in my life and and god's always has his moment has his moment where he transform a life and take a person's life 
and does what only he can do. And I'm so grateful for his grace and mercy. That's awesome. I love that. Thank God for the prayers of mamas, right? And the prayers of wives. There's, There's no question about it. I think I think every man get lost in that and think about that. And, and I do a lot of men's conference and I preach about that. I says, God gives you this woman, especially a mother for the kids and, and a wife. And he gives her to you for a helpmate to help you because we get sidetracked with ego and think that we have to do everything. And ego is a three letter word, easing God out. You know, and when we use that, when a man gets his ego in the way, he's always easing God out. He's not letting himself uh, walk in this place of humility. And, you know, he gave me this wonderful wife and we've been married 14 years and, and God blessed us with such an incredible life ministry and just let us do it together. And, and it, I always tell guys, you know, it's nothing personal, Chris. I'm just talking to your wife at this moment. Um, <laughs> I always tell guys, <laughs> I always tell guys, it doesn't make us less. It makes us better. My life became better when my mother prayed for me because I'm saved because of my mother prayer. And he brought my wife into my life to cover me. And it made my life better because she would tell me, don't get into these situations and don't do that. And I did it anyway. And every time I did it, it went wrong. But when I started doing things when she said, don't do them, Oh my God, my life took off and went this way with God. And it has never missed a beat. That's wow. wonderful. So one of the things you talk about, Daryl, is how success and wealth and fame really became toxic for you. I think we all have these if onlys or when I get to this level of success or wealth or whatever it is that we're shooting for, that we're aiming for. Um, what do you think it was about success and fame and wealth that really became toxic for you in that season? I think at the end of the day, it, it all is like really meaningless at the end of the day. We think it's all that, you know, and think, well, you know, you have this lifestyle and, and this is it. But it's more to life than just having a bunch of stuff. You know, I, I had that homes, cars and money, fame and everything. But there was something else. You know, so many guys have a uniform on and never take the uniform off. And I think we identify ourselves the wrong person. And I think that's what Tracy uh, really came into my life and helped me that I was identifying myself as this great baseball player and not a man of faith. And she helped me come to the place of identifying myself as a man of faith and not, not being so toxic because you'd be, you'd be so consumed with all the earthly things that you have. And, and when, when you go to the Bible and when you start reading the Bible and you understand that <laughs> you're no different than the same guys that God used in the Bible. They all were men, you know, they all had different struggles, different issues, men and women that he used, they all had these issues, but, he used them. And, and why I say success, when I, I learned so much about understanding how toxic it, it really was, because I had it. And then I started reading about King Solomon. And when you read about King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about how meaningless it is all under the sun. He had all this stuff. He accumulated all this stuff in his life and his wealth. And at the end of the day, he was like writing this book in sorrow, you know, his sorrow because he didn't obey God and he didn't stay with God and follow God because he writes the book of Proverbs with great wisdom and knowledge. And then he goes back and writes this one and saying, it's all meaningless under the sun without God because he makes a detour and you go the other way. And so many guys really want to do that and don't want to stay the course with God and they want to make a detour. And I realized that that was me. I had detoured off. I had got saved, but I detoured off because of all these worldly things. And I just, I was so blinded to the fact that God was over here waiting for me. I was so busy, you know, with this stuff. And it didn't mean nothing at the end of the day, because once you stop playing sports, they're going to stop cheering for you. And, you know, and once you not in the spotlight no more, nobody's going to talk about you. And when you die, they're going to talk about you for a week. And then after that, no one's going to say, so it's all toxic and you know at the end of the day when you when you truly understand it 
you truly take your rightful place. And that's the, that's the place I always wanted to be, is my rightful place. Who am I in Christ? So I would say, uh, Jen, it's just the wrong identity. You know, we identify ourselves in our stuff and what we do instead of who we are in Christ. That's so good. I love it. This, the book is full of stories of, of God kind of turning things that the enemy was meaning to kind of destroy you, but God was able to use it for good. I mean, you're sharing here, the people that think, oh, if I get fame, you were at the top, man. And it didn't, didn't fulfill. And God had to turn that around and show you that it was him. And so there's a story that you share in the book of a really turning around that God did in your heart and your life. And you talked specifically about your father earlier. Would you mind sharing that story of how you unpack that in the book? Because I think we think it's just powerful. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an incredible move of God. And, you know, he's always incredible what he's going to do. And it's just do we pay, we pay attention when he speaks to us and say something to us. And I think what happened in that situation, my father had rejected me and, and beat me and left me for dead. And there it was, I went on to become famous and I keep him out of my whole life, my whole career. And I hated him. And, you know, and, and then I get saved, I get saved and get changed. And then I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a men's conference here in California on a Saturday morning. And God speaks to me on a Friday night and says, I want you to go to your father. And he's in the hospital down in San Diego. And he says, I want you to go to your father and I want you to repent to him. I goes, repent. Are, are you, are you serious? And he said, yeah, I don't want you to talk about anything he did to you. I want you to go repent and ask him to forgive you for your wrong of keeping him out of your life. I was like, wow. I called my wife. I said, you got to pray for me. God's all over me by going down there. She said, well, you need to go. Cause she knew the relationship was broken with my father and had been for all those years. So I go to the hospital and God says, when you get there, just, I don't want you to talk about anything about what he did. I wanted you to talk about what you did. And so I get to the hospital and I says, well, how you doing? And then I says, you know, God's changed my life. I'm a different person. And, um, you know, I'm sorry for keeping you out of my life and my career and everything for all those years. I, I'm totally wrong. I said, would you forgive me? And as tears started coming out of his eye and he said, yes. And I just lost it. I just laid in his lap and I just lost it. I just cried. I cried so hard and said, I'm so sorry. And it just poured out just in a way. And and he was laying in bed crying and and God said, raise up. And then God said, raise up. And I raised up. God says, now lead him to me. And I said, you know, the Lord's changed my life. Would you like to accept the Lord as Savior of your life and say the center prayer after me? And he said, yeah. He nodded his head and said, yeah. And we went, went on to say the center prayer. There was, I was leading the man that had rejected me and beat me and, and left me and said, well, never amount to nothing. I was lead there. I am leading him to the Lord. And then the Lord reminded me in that moment, he says, it's never about you. Don't ever forget that. And I just kept hearing that it's never about you. And then after I left the hospital, he said, one thing I want you to remember when I was walking out of the hospital, God said, I want you to remember the forgiveness was not for your father. The forgiveness was for me. He said, that's why you never got, got free. Cause I was, I was immediately released from all the anxiety and the stuff and the pain or whatever it was that would was keeping me for all those years. He said, this is why you were broken all those years because you would not forgive. And, you know, I, I went on to forgive him and lead him to the Lord. And then a few months later, he goes on to pass and, you know, he goes on home to be with the Lord. And that was just, I mean, it was an incredible time in my life that I, that, that made me understand more about God, that his forgiveness is, and his grace is for everybody. It doesn't matter what they've done and, and what has happened. We don't know what happened in people's lives and stuff like that. So we shouldn't project 
that you know we should not forgive them we should hold them hold them hostage because we can't get free and i i got free i got set free and i go on i go on the spring forward and god uses use me as an evangelist go forward to, to preach and speak 250 times because i'm free now i'm no longer in any kind of bondage or change you know locked up because of my father's situation I love that. I love that story. Such an incredible story. And I, I love that you put that in the book because I think that uh, forgiveness is such a big part of freedom and transformation. I, I love that. Daryl, what advice would you give to someone who's in that place of feeling stuck and just really wanting to turn their life around? Well, first of all, you got to be persistent. You know, I think persistent, I mean, going after God for yourself, you know, not because somebody else tell you to do that it's got you got to be very persistent in your walk you got to be you got to understand that the walk is not an overnight miracle we can really tell people how to do it but you got to tell them the hard part of it you know i didn't get this way i, got, I had to sit for seven years before god even starts speaking to me so it was something that god needed to do inside me before the outside of me can make it make it look like it looks now you know and he had to do the inside work and i think you got to be persistent to go after god if you just in this place where you're stuck and you but you got to constantly go after him and you got to surrender it's two it's two parts of that and the surrendering part is where i had to sit for seven years you know and then and i think a lot of people said when they when they realized that i was sitting for seven years they were like seven years i said yeah i was a mess for 30 years so he had to sit me what what is seven years <laughs> what is seven years of sitting you know thinking from where we come from and, and walking with God and, and not doing anything and just growing. Because I think what happens to so many people, as no, so many people don't get discipled. They're not discipled. And I think they miss that part. They accept Christ and they say God and they go to church, but discipleship they miss. They, and the Bible talks about it, it says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge, not because of anything else. It's because of no knowledge of the Bible and everything. And I think so many people find themselves in that place stuck because there's no knowledge and understanding of God's word because they won't sit, they won't go through the process. And when I went through the process and I came out of the fire, I was on fire. See, and that's what, that's, that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is sitting and growing, you know, yeah, you might be in the fire, but when God bring you out of the fire, he's going to set you on fire. It's going to be a different look, a different talk and a different way about you. So I would just encourage people, be very persistent about your pursuit. And then also at the same time, when you in the middle of that, surrendering yourself daily, you know, your yourself daily has to die. And if that flesh of you don't die, that flesh will rise up. Oh, I can do this myself. Well, go, go ahead. The devil, the devil's right out there waiting for you because he always got this little wall set up, you know, built around where he's got to set up for you because he know you're not equipped and he know you're going to fall. And, and I think that's so important that you get yourself to a place where you are equipped, equipped with the word of God and the word is word is down in you so you can live out your life. So good. Well, you know, the thing it's it's so intriguing about your story and all these things you're sharing here is that, you know, you had some real public opportunities to celebrate. I mean, championships, all-star, you know, like I'm sure those were kind of fun mountaintop moments, even in the midst of all, I mean, who doesn't want to win a World Series or four, right? I mean, there's players that fight their whole life to get there, right? right. And, but I think, yeah. but like the thing that what I'm hearing you say is that the real work was done with your wife when she pulled you out of those houses, with your, with your father when no one else was looking. Seven years, you're sitting there and there's work that's deep work that's being done and none of that was done publicly i mean you're sharing it now but in the moment there was no cameras there as you 
went through the work. And so it just sounds like what I'm hearing you say is that a lot of the deep work is done when no one's looking, when it's just you and God. That's where it's so important for Christians to understand it's the deep work that God does in the hidden place. And I guess he does it in a hidden place because when he brings you out, he knows that you're going to glorify him because you know that he's the only one that could do this type of work because we can't do it ourselves. And I think a lot of times we want to do it ourselves. When you go back to the book, well, when you go into the book where um, Saul was on his way to Damascus Road and God knocks him off the horse and blinds him for three days and three nights. And, and then he does uh, this incredible work in him, but it wasn't, but, but it was, it, it was because of somebody else. It was because of a man by the name of Ananias who had a vision and knew who Saul was. And, and God said, he's a chosen vessel go lay hands on him, pray. He comes to Apostle Paul, but he had to knock him, he had to stop him. And, and, and he stopped him and put him in a place where he couldn't see. And when he comes out, he he's has this experience and this encounter with Jesus himself, you know, and, and, and has this experience where he has a transformation. There's a transformation in the dark place. God has to do the transformation of your life in the dark place. He can't do it in the light place where you're, you're out in the public and, and saying, who look at me, because he know, one thing I do know about God now is he knows that the enemy, the enemy will kill you if you're not equipped and you stand on the platform and you say you're following Christ, you know, like a lot of us do. And then they say, well, what happened? It's because, well, I wasn't completely equipped. You know, I was still straddling that fence and, and, and God doesn't want you straddling that fence when he gives you the platform. See, one thing you guys, I could tell you, this is not my gift. It's his gift. He gives you his gift to do his work. And, and when you honor him and, and his gift, he, he multiplies, he increases you, and he gives you more. He gives you piece by piece. Yeah, I celebrated publicly all the trophies and the all-star games and, and all that was, you know, in the public eyes. But when I went into this deep place, when God found me in a pit and pulled me out of the pit, and he was going to put me in the pulpit, I had no idea he was going to put me in the pulpit you know, the priest of the gospel, because I wasn't even, I'm not even qualified to do that. But he found me in the pit and down in that pit, like he did Saul, there was a transformation that took place in those, in that seven years of spending time with him. And when I came out, I was so equipped. I had so much revelation of the word and, and the word is not in my head. The word is down in my belly. It lives down in there. And that's where I pull scriptures from. It's because of his transformation and understanding that. And you celebrate that because the greatest gift that I ever received. It's never been the trophies. It's never been in the World Series rings or, or all-star games. The greatest gift I ever received was Jesus becoming Lord over my life and living out an abundant life, walking with him is the greatest gift I've ever received in life. So good. Uh, Daryl, what's your hope when someone gets this book, they pick it up, they read it, they put it down. What, what, what do you want for that person to experience and come out with on the other side? That's a good question. I really want people to experience the biblical principles more than anything. It's not about me. It's, it's about God's ways and, and his principles that we follow that eventually lead us into our destiny and allow us to be descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now we get to know what land we eat from. We don't eat from this land. We eat from God's land. We, we eat from the word of God. And it brings about a separation from a worldly mindset. It makes us understand that we don't conform to it like romans 12 2 and says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind it's the renewing that takes place inside of us that brings us to bring hope and salvation to other people because i think we're living in a time of lawlessness brokenness and people need to know that salvation is real because they need to know 
and understand that Jesus is going to come back one day and there's going to be so many people left here because they're going to be sitting here and they're going to be thinking about all these worldly things instead of thinking about the kingdom of God and thinking about God's principles. And this book is full of full of principles. Like I said, I've, I've written a book before and it was my autobiography. It was about my life. But this one has to do with about how God meets you right where you're at. And if you trust the process, you know, and you and, and people got to trust what is what is trust about? Go to the, go to the book of John. The book of John is about believing the miracles of Jesus. And we know all the miracles he did, turning water into wine, feeding 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. He's a miracle maker. If you trust the process and let him do the miracle in your life, your life will have a meaningful feeling of why you're here. And I, and I think that's what we all want to experience while we're here. And you can only experience that in your relationship with Jesus. You, you will experience that far greater than you will experience it than anything else. I mean, I, I could tell you guys as a, as a couple, as you sit here, I've had more success as a man had in the natural that probably would ever could think about, but I've had more success doing God's work, winning souls at the end of the day and leading people to the, the cross than I ever will in a lifetime. Wow. So good. Well, good. Hey guys, for everyone listening here, uh, go get this book. It is going to change your life. Get it for yourself. Get it for somebody else. Get it as a gift. Uh, share this message because it truly is going to help so many people. Well, Daryl, before we go, we'd love to ask kind of three final questions before we wrap up every episode. And it goes like this. The first question is, what is a book that has changed your life? Well, the Bible is the most important book that has changed my life. Right? I live, eat, and, and sleep with that, even sometime when I'm on the road, because I don't know what took me so long to pick it up, but that's been the greatest book, you know, that ever, that has changed my life. Love it. Love it. Any other books that have helped your faith journey other than the Bible, of course? Billy Graham books. I'm a big nice. fan of Billy Graham because he was like, he was like the greatest soul winner of, of all time. And, and I read a lot of his, his books really helped me. I went to his library down there in Charlotte and in North Carolina. And I went down there and I was just, I was in heaven. You know, because his, he has so many different books about so many different topics, about prayer, you know, about the Holy Spirit, uh, different things. And, and that you, when you study them, uh, you start to understand it and it starts to become a part of who you are. So his books have really helped me. That's good. I love it. Okay. The second question is, what's a habit that's changed your life? A habit that's changed my life playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest habit I have. It, it's changed my life so much because the reason why I say that, you guys, is because when I started playing, I was I was like terrible. And God said, it's going to help you bring discipline into your life. Anything that challenges you brings discipline into your life. And golf challenged me. It still challenged me every time I go out. But it brings so much discipline. And what I mean by that, am I, am I going to blow up? Am I going to throw a club? Am I going to say something I'm not supposed to say on the course, you know, and, <laughs> and it brings, it brings about, it brings a lot of discipline in me and it keeps me disciplined and it keeps me just the way I am in my, in my life, my daily life for walking too, because at the same time in your daily life of walking, there's a lot of things that's going to come at you and come against you. And how are you going to handle them? Will you blow up? Will you say something you're not supposed to say? Or can you control yourself? So golf does that for me, just like it does in my daily life. That's great. Great. All right. And the last question is this. What advice would you give to the younger Daryl? This is the greatest advice that I would give to him. Why did you not listen to your mother? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Why? I say that all the time. They ask me what advice. Why didn't you listen to mama? She was the sweetest, most kindest, loving woman raising five kids by herself. 
she didn't thump us over the head or beat us over the head, but she said to us, I hope you guys one day come to know the Lord. She gave me advice when I was at the height of my career, rich, famous, and living. And she says, boy, you need to leave those women alone and stop drinking that alcohol. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're going to, I'm going to play that clip for my kids and go, guys, if listen you want to, to your mom. Mom. <laughs> listen to your mom. No, man. It's, it's, it's something about it. You know, I don't know. It's just, it really is something about when I lost my mother, it was the saddest time of my life, you know, because my mother left here when I was a heathen, a womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, and all these things. And she had been praying for me. And it just brings me to tears sometimes when I think about when I'm going to preach. Uh, I'm preaching because of her prayers or what she was praying over my life. She, and she didn't get to see it in the natural, but I tell you, she got to see it in the supernatural. And you know, that really, that really touches my heart, you know, to, that, you know, my mother would cover me like that and pray for me. Awesome. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Well, I yeah. tell you what, uh, thanks for being vulnerable and sharing your story. I mean, you know, you, you laid it all out there in this book and in the way you live your life now. And I think it's just a true testament of what God's done in you and through you and going to continue to do through you and your ministry and you and your wife's ministry. And so uh, where can people find you, look you up, all that good stuff? Well, they can go find findingyourway.com. One word, findingyourway.com. That's our ministry page. And we just, my wife just put a whole new ministry page together. She did it all over again. So it looks so beautiful now. She's an incredible woman of faith. And, you know, I thank God for her because, you know, she was the one that led me back to the Lord. Awesome. awesome. Well, Daryl, findingyourway.com. Yeah. Findingyourway.com. Findingyourway.com. Yeah. We'll link that in the show notes. Thank you again for coming and sharing your story, man. It really means a lot. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode blessed you and we'd love to hear from you. Take a minute, leave us a review on iTunes, hit us up on our website, letsliveitwell.com or come find us on social media. We love hearing how these conversations are speaking to you. Also, you can find all the info for today's episode, all the books and links mentioned in our show notes over at our website, letsliveitwell.com. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. We're going to close this show out like we always do. Remember, you only get one life. Live, Live it well. well.